This is the Roar and Peace Project coming to you from Studio 3 at the Third Space on Campus Corner. I'm Kate Bierman, mom to Ellie, 22 months, and five rescue animals, political scientist, policy wonk, and co-owner of four businesses with my fellow co-host, Sarita Wilson. And I am Sarita Wilson. I am almost 50 years old, uh, birther of four businesses, mother of two grown children, five rescue animals, and one errant husband. So... One of the things serial entrepreneurs and business owners have a hard time with is restraint. You always want to keep looking around at the next opportunity, and that's one of the things that made you hopefully successful in the first place, right? Sarita, you've mentioned to me before that you think you've come to this revelation about yourself, that you find the most happiness and sense of purpose in the search for development of and nurturing the growth in new businesses more than necessarily the day-to-day operations. And I, on the other hand, being more of a systems person, I think maybe my forte and my sense of joy in my work is more centered around business acquisition and consolidating or tightening up of processes more than it is the development of brand new baby businesses. So I want to say that we are both problem solvers, but very differently. Sounds to me kind of like we're the perfect blend of Shark Tank and Bar Rescue. Absolutely, yes. So I like to create things, and sometimes they're chock full of problems, and you like to solve problems. Yes. And so the question with that, though, is how does a business owner with either of these drives pursue opportunities without sacrificing so much bandwidth that it affects your existing businesses? So it's a little bit like protecting your bandwidth, making sure that you're not stretched too thin because you don't want to negatively impact the businesses you already have while looking at new opportunities. So specifically, we were faced with this when after Kate and I became business partners, we expanded our business, our Annie's Rough House, to have two locations, which is a big deal if you've ever been in the dog boarding business. That's a lot of moving parts, literally. And my husband was marching down the coffee roastery path and we were presented with an opportunity to buy an existing business called Cool Beans. And the conversation we had centered around bandwidth. And it was not just our time and energy, but also our borrowing capacity and patience tolerance and home life balance. It was one of those strange situations where the numbers worked. We looked at the numbers and we said, you know, if we got our hands on this business, it would be successful and we knew that we could make it successful, but there were all of these other limiting or inhibiting factors at play and included in that is also the impact on the other businesses and the impact on the other employees when we remove ourselves more from the day-to-day operations. So we thought about it a lot, we talked about it a lot and ultimately decided at that time that it wasn't the right time and we let that opportunity go. I think as much as it pained both of us to come to that conclusion which is, I think, one of the big drawbacks of being yes people. Mm -hmm. We tend to always want to jump in with both feet. And for yes people, saying no and being logical and taking strategic steps aren't always our forte. And the funny thing is we were going to call this podcast The Wonk and the Woo because Kate has a tendency to be very wonk, policy-driven. She knows a lot about politics and policymaking, and she's very strategic in her thinking and linear. I have a tendency to be floofy 
And uh, sometimes I feel like there's a path that's presented to me that I'm supposed to follow or that I'm being led down or mine's very mystical. So as each day I drove by this business that we turned down, I kept thinking things like, oh, I can make that look better. I think we can probably do this or that to you know, increase the volume. And, and she's, I think, thinking those same things, but hers are along. More way. systems, lines. You know, we had a few conversations <laughs> with the business owner and I was asking things like, where do you buy your coffee? How much do you pay for your coffee? Where do you buy your milk? How much do you pay for it? And we learned that she was paying retail prices for milk and that, oh, hey, my husband's a coffee roaster and I think we can cut that bean price in half. So there were, there were all of these good reasons Logical why we should do it. Reasons. And like I said, the financials all worked, but it still felt like too much of a lift at the time when our newest baby business was only about six months old. And we were pretty new at having multiple businesses. This was the first and time any partners. of us had. Yeah, that we were we were new at this in so many ways that while we could see how good it could be, we also could see how it could have some significant negative consequences. So flash forward a few months later, when our baby business is now almost a almost a toddler business, and we have eased into the business partnership with really no big hurdles. We had smoothed over a lot of the employee issues shoes. They came back to us and said, we still haven't found a buyer. Would you be willing to reconsider? And so weirdly, as the woo of this duo, I have this knack for writing business plans. And uh, so I wrote the business plan. I worked the numbers and it makes sense. We can make these changes and do these sets of things that would it cash flowed on its own. So we took the cash part of it out of it. Basically, we have to think about our time, well, just resources in general, time, resources, energy, resources. And when you're in business, money, resources. So we didn't want to get ourselves in a position where we couldn't borrow money if we needed to to make payroll at our other business or if we hit a snag in the road with our other businesses, would we be able to weather those snags with this other business hanging out there? And it, the money sort of made sense because it cash flowed. But that's still a risk. Will it cash flow when we have it? All of those things. But the big, the big inhibiting factor at that point was, as Sarita alluded to, the borrowing capacity. We wanted to be sure to preserve our borrowing capacity because our dog-related business tends to be very seasonal. And so we were extremely concerned about that. And then we worked our way into half-owner financed. So now all of a sudden, the need for five figures of cash on hand dropped in half still five figures, but at least it had dropped in half. And at that point, we were then able to secure some private financing at the same interest rate that we were going to be paying for the owner carried portion of that debt. So once the variable of the borrowing capacity was eliminated, it kind of felt like a no brainer. It did. And it took the obstacles just kind of fell away. So that brings us to the path. Is the path presenting itself to us or are we forging the path? Are we creating or are we being led towards something? When I was thinking about how to describe this episode in just a few words, I was trying to figure out an analogy for it. Is this a puzzle? 
that we're trying to put all the pieces together for in terms of how to start a business, grow a business, acquire a business, and do it with a business partnership? Or you know, is it a book? Are we writing it chapter by chapter? But neither of those analogies really fit. And what it came down to me is that this is what we're trying to do here is zoom into the five foot view of a 30,000 foot mosaic, a picture mosaic. Each individual tile has a clear image on it, but you have to zoom way down to see it. And that's what I'm hopeful that we'll be able to continue doing in this podcast is drill down to that five foot view from the 30,000 foot view. Because a lot of what I read online in doing research for this particular episode of the podcast is a lot of ephemeral kind of junky terms like Those are delegating, <laughs> like delegating or uh, focusing on the essentials. But how do you know what to delegate? How do you know what to focus on as a business owner? Because early on, when you're kind of in that hustle mode of starting a business or acquiring one, everything feels essential and you end up doing all the things working in your business as opposed to working on your business. So as we were discussing this this episode, we talked about how we got here, which was kind of luck, chance, and hard work. And the decision we made to purchase this business, this existing business, created the necessity for us to have really good systems in place in all of our other businesses. So I think it was kind of a blessing because now we actually have those systems in place, or at least we're seeing where the holes in the bucket are, so we're plugging them up with systems. Right. We talked <laughs> and, a lot about that in our last episode about the top five systems. So in that we can now have bandwidth to do more businesses because we can apply those systems to additional businesses and grow our empire as and, it will. And that's kind of the next step for us. And we hope for anyone who is listening to this podcast for guidance in their business world, which is it's great to have the systems in place, but what do having those systems in place help you do? And so I think that's what, you know, that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. And while I acknowledge that, yes, maybe this podcast is a little like us just complaining about what is hard for us as business owners. If we're experiencing this, many, 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 many other business owners are. And small businesses in particular fail so often. And I think in large part for a lot of the reasons that we're going to be talking about is a failure to do the things early on to recognize what the problems will be and put the systems in place early can prevent a lot of the future issues that bring a business to its knees. The goal of the CEO should be to create opportunity for the business. Well, and I think that that also means that business owners need to start seeing themselves as the CEO. As the CEO. Because if you don't have that mindset of how do I put the processes and the systems in place to pull me out of the day-to-day -day operations so that I can work on the strategic plan, so that I can set goals for my company, then you're never going to be able to get to that place. And that doesn't protect and preserve your bandwidth to seek out new opportunities or to really be able to fully evaluate those opportunities. You don't want to limit your ability to take on new challenges or new revenue streams because you're being bogged down in the day-to-day -day operations of your business. So one of the things that we are experiencing now is as we have all these businesses on board and they seem to be buoyed and launching and successful even, that we are, seems like, being bombarded with other business opportunities. So now we're... we're fire hose of business the opportunities. fire hose of business opportunities. So now we are faced with these decisions almost daily. There's just these random opportunities. They're not really random. People are seeing us as successful 
and they want to be part of that. So they are presenting us opportunities. So these opportunities are, we have to weigh them. I don't want to pass up any good opportunities. I don't want to overthink or get into the analysis paralysis place. However, we have to be very careful not to sink the ship. It is definitely possible to spread yourself too thin. And it's also possible to just spread your parent company's resources too thin. Because what you're not going to be able to be successful at is to give 25% of your energy to four different businesses and expect them to succeed at 100%. One of the things that I was trying to think up and trying to find inspiration and research to help consolidate into a thought is how do you know when you're at the place where you can accept or engage or you know, really think through a new business opportunity? And one of the big things that I found and kind of consolidated a bunch of different ideas into one is have your successful systems in place. When you don't have a system, automate it if you can. You know, auto ship purchases. If you know that you're going through X number of coffee cups every single month, get to the point where you're just having auto ship and auto delivery of products when you need them. Mm. But the big one, and this is one that we have implemented, but not with this outcome in mind, is set milestones, both financial and developmental for your businesses and reach those before moving on to something new. So kind of have a uh, go, don't go. Right. And if then. So an example um, in doggy daycare, if you have a monthly goal, financial goal, and you reach that for six months, you probably could be feeling like you're on the right track. If you also set a developmental goal of adding 10 new clients every single month or making sure that you are sending photos and updates or doing a specific Instagram post every day or addressing customer complaints in a timely manner, whatever your developmental milestone is that is not monetarily focused and you reach those milestones as well, then you also know you're in a pretty good place to start considering another business opportunity. So in the previous podcast, I talked about quantifying our business or any business, no matter what business you're in, quantifying your success, tracking it, making what you're saying as uh, goals to reach because that takes the emotion out of it. So one of the things that I think happens is we get in hustle mode. Our personality types are such that we have work ethic, we're independent, we're big thinkers. So we have the lots, like I almost can't drive by a business without figuring out a way to make it better. So we want to be careful not to load up ourselves constantly just to be in a hustle mode. That hustle mode trap is real. It is necessary hustle mode to get your business where it needs to be. But getting stuck there is not good because as we talked about in the last episode, the work-life balance is really important, not just for your own mental and physical health, but also for your creativity, for your innovation, for your energy and drive towards your business, you need to not be business focused 24 seven. If you're constantly thinking of business from the minute you get up to the, till the minute you go to bed, eventually you will burn out. You will burn out. So don't be in hustle mode just to be busy. Busyness for busyness sake is not healthy um, and it's not really beneficial to your business. I think this goes back to the put your own oxygen mask on. And in our last episode, we talked a lot about personal systems as well. And I guess we're kind of expanding on that work-life balance because Kate and I have a tendency to be able to tolerate a lot of work. 
which makes us a great team. However, our children and our spouses don't necessarily work at that level. Or appreciate the amount of work that that then puts on their plates when we are all business all the time. That means we can't be home and focused on home things. And the same goes for our work home, which is our employees, our team that helps us make these successful Uh, we have to make sure that we're not overloading them and we're giving them the support that they need and the time that they need, time off that they need, the money they need. And because we are asking a lot of our systems and our employees and our spouses. And that's not necessarily a bad thing if you acknowledge that and recognize it and put reasonable limitations on yourself. Because that's not a bad thing to delegate tasks or responsibilities to your management or leadership team. In fact, it is essential if you are going to be interested in seeking out new business opportunities in the future. And so you want to do that. You need to do that if you have another business opportunity that you're looking at. But at the same time, you want to make sure that those employees or those managers or your leadership team is ready for the responsibility, wants the responsibility, and is compensated appropriately for the responsibility. And understands the responsibility. So, in recap, the fire hose of business opportunity can be good, can be bad. Are we forging the path or is the path just there presented to us and we're following it? Are we being purposeful or are we being hustle mode, trap, just hustling to hustle sake and reactionary? I like to think that just even the effort of doing this podcast is helping us understand these things and uh, bring our focus to them. Because some of these things we're doing without putting the official or the formal label on it. And so I really wanted to be sure that we talked about this because I think that there are a lot of people who miss the fire hose of opportunity because they're standing to the left or the right and working in their business too often. And there are others who leap at every single business opportunity that they are presented with before getting the last one fully off the ground. And then everything crashes and burns. Or expanding their business too fast or adding too many employees, adding too many items to their menu. Well, and a lot of those things can also sink you in the reverse. I mean, Mm -hmm. as you were saying, being reactionary If you are overly reactionary and your lines are too long or your customer service is not prompt enough, then you'll almost crumble under the weight of your own success, too. Mm -hmm. So those things really kind of happen in tandem. You can expand too fast and stretch yourself too thin that way. But you could also fail to anticipate and recognize the growth and the needs of your business and then not be able to provide the quality or the speed of service that your customers or clients are used to. And then they will go elsewhere. Well, and that brings me to when we made the decision to expand the doggy daycare. For me, it was partly gaining market share. Like I wanted to be the doggy daycare in the area. So if I were to just set up in 2009 a system and run with that system till I was 70 years old and decided to quit doing it, That probably would have been just fine. However, there would be a big doggy daycare in this area, and it would have taken our market share. So that was part of my decision making. So I think we should, to wrap this up, a What We Wish We Were Reading segment. Okay. So it's what been a we while, wish so I have we more reading. room on my What I Wish I Was Reading Right Now list. Okay, so my What I Wish I Was Reading is Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. How timely, considering strong, powerful women have been making a lot of news lately. 
strong, powerful women have been making a lot of news lately. And um, we, as a city council last night, just confirmed our first ever female city attorney. We have five female council members, one female mayor, a female city clerk, a female assistant city clerk, and now a female city attorney. So the only men sitting up on that dais are three council members and our city manager. I have no doubt that this is the fewest men that have ever sat on that side of the dais in Norman's entire history. Absolutely. Estro majority. I love it. All right. So Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. I read the synopsis. Women work and a will to lead. We recently heard about Nancy Pelosi standing up and pointing at the president. And he used that as a negative in the social media world. And she used that as a positive. Because as women, we're told to be nice. We're told to... Mind our manners, be ladylike, and what we really need to be doing is sitting at the table, sitting at the head of the table, standing up when it's necessary, and... Um, and I even pointing this, the finger at the president. And if you got to point your finger at the president and he deserves it, do it. So that's what I want to be reading. And mine kind of relates a little bit to the theme of this episode. It is Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker, PhD. He's the director of UC Berkeley's Sleep and Neuroimaging Center, And he really consolidated all of the new and exciting research about sleep and the impact of sleep deprivation on your mental health, your ability to think clearly and concisely and be proactive to do all of the things that we want to do as business owners, but also as the mother of a 22-month-old who has not forgotten how little sleep she got in those early months. It really gives me a lot more tools to handle the lack of sleep in my daily life. It talks not just about the impact of a lack of sleep, but about the science of sleep and actionable tools to help you better your sleeping habits. So all things that I am interested in doing because I don't get enough sleep really ever. And so that is something I would like to read because I would like to do better. So we're going to put that on my extremely long list of things that I don't have time to read right now. My toddlers are 31 and 22, so I get lots of sleep. As always, you can find us on social media at Roar and Peace Project. We are in the process of getting all of these episodes up on your favorite podcasting platform. So please do let us know if we miss yours. And any feedback or questions that you have can be sent to RoarInPeaceProject at gmail.com. My hope is that at some point in the future, we'll have a few like email questions that we can read and answer on the air, as it were. So anything that comes to your mind, please send it to us. Thanks, guys.